So what are we talking about today, Natalina? Yes. Okay. So where we left off last week, we were talking about marriage as a cultural thing. Marriage as a cultural thing. What, how, how do you navigate that when you know you need marriage as part of your, your, your socio-cultural background? Yes. What, how can you work the tools that way so that you get a really wonderful and connected marriage and relationship when it's not necessarily what you chose for yourself? Okay. Well, first, I'm not going to pretend to know about your cultural how that feels on a gut level. I only know what I see in movies and from some of my brilliant coaches. Sammy Wonder is Indian, uh, Sharzad is Persian, and I'm Jewish. And we have an amazing Jewish RCT coach uh, named Tamara, who is of the very, very conservative, very orthodox part of the Jewish religion. And all of these are not necessarily arranged marriages at this point, but marriage is crucial and everything is built around marriage. It's as though community doesn't happen for you unless you are married. If you're not married, you are in a whole different can of beans with your culture and it feels like you're on the outside. Now, for a great many women, this feels like you can then escape. You can then leave the community and actually start a life with your own parameters. That is hard. And Madalena Love, if you asked her personally, would probably tell you her personal story with her community, which is very, very similar. And the rules may be even a a bit more stricter than your own community. And how that felt to escape and then return in a different frame of mind. So your personal questions here would be awesome if you wanted to write me, but we did have one and uh, rather than call out your name, I'm not going to do that. You know, I would say, get out a piece of paper or get on your phone and start writing a list of what the perks are with your cultural community situation. If marriage is so key, is it easier to find a marriage partner? Will more people fix you up or the matchmakers help you? Are there online sources within your community that will help you? Do men in your community therefore adhere to these rules? Is it easier? Is there anything that makes it easier to find an actual partner? Or in your community, are the men who are available partnership-wise because of the community actually lower quality? That happens a lot. I think if you're Russian and every every bit the general population, there's a lot of drinking going on. In sub-communities, heavy drinking may be part of the picture. Is that part of your picture? Is there uh, anger towards women that happens in a lot of communities uh, where men are in charge or there are strong rules where men have a, a power that is overpowering to your power in terms of the community? Write all that stuff down, okay? And we can either get a coach that is of that same community as yours to help you, or we can put our two cents in and you can ridicule us if we get it wrong, but we can actually help you directly that way. So first, really write about your community, write it down, write what the rules are, write the write what the, the idea is, write what the goal is, write the perks and write the downsides. Write what escape would look like, write what what really getting involved with the hierarchy in your community, would that help you? 
Are there, are there matchmakers available? Are there social events that are actually helpful rather than not helpful? So write all that down. And that way we can help you more directly because the ways, the kind of mixers and, and online dating and everything that we know of to do in the, the U.S. population, in our big community, not even talking about our little tiny communities, is meant to be of service to everybody, but that doesn't mean you're going to meet partnership worthy men, right? So no matter what we do and no matter what your situation, meeting and deciding you are attracted to and want to contract. So your community might be a contract, right? We're all contracting. Marriage is a contract, right? It's an emotional thing, but it's a contract. It's a business deal. And what you want in a man is partnership. And yeah, you want attraction and thrills and happiness and all that. But you're just going to have to trust me on this. If you're here, your picker's off. If you're here in Ceylon, your picker's off. You're picking chemistry over partnership. And I want to tell you, a good partner, his qualities don't show up often right away. I just got a, a magnificent letter is about meeting a guy online and not being attracted to him, not thinking much of him. And her decision in the moment was to not judge him. And to go, okay, he was all right. And it made her smile. All right. She didn't, she just let go of that feeling of disappointment and bordering on disgust, all the stuff we do to keep ourselves away from good partnership material men, right? We're trying to keep ourselves away from it. If you are in the situation that almost all of us are in, where our patterns, our learned patterns are not serving us, they're not. And if you're here, your patterns aren't serving you. So we got we to gotta undo them. We got to untie the patterns and we have to re-tie them together and we have to look at things differently. So after she didn't judge him and she went out with him once and she could have said, Ugh, no, but she didn't. She felt safe with him enough. Say, if you feel safe, see him again. If you feel scared and weird, that could be not your intuition telling you that uh, he's a bad guy. It could be your patterns telling you that, uh oh, this guy could be in a guy who could do intimacy and take care of you and bingo, your dreams would come true and is terrified for you because of that. Because that's what our old patterns do. You know, they want to push us towards abuse and bad situations because that's all we know. PTSD city. Everybody's got it. The world is a mess. We all got PTSD. And I want to tell you as a PTSD person myself, I'd like to just talk a little bit about how you can deal with that on a really deep level. Maybe next time we'll just start hit here. Question that just came up. In order to overcome the old voice of disappointment in some of the men I've attracted, I would just be grateful for encouragement that once we have healed and evolved past our old patterns and wounds to a decent degree, we can trust that this process Pro progress, that this is progress, should be reflected in the quality of man we attract? Ah, that's an easy answer. First of all, you don't have to be healed. You don't have to be even remotely healed. You don't even have to be in a good place. All you want to do is slip out of the pattern enough and something else will change on the outside. A little bit of slip out. And sometimes it's just when you feel anger and you're pissed at a guy, if you go, wait a minute, am I pissed at the guy? Because I'm trying to distract myself from what I actually want. And all of a sudden it's like pissing is like, I'm, I'm, I'm unhappy. I'm, I'm grumbly. I feel upset. Those feelings are kind of generating out there. 
masculine energy. It's just kind of generating out there. Can you relate to that? All right. So step back in, pull all that stuff back in you, pull it in, go down deep inside, feel the stress, feel the upset, feel the anger. And all of a sudden it will soften and you will realize that that has nothing to do with him. It only has to do with stating in time to yourself what it is you want. So slipping that tiny bit past the pattern into, wait a minute, I got another point of view. He's not dangerous. That's all I need to know. He's safe. I can say whatever I feel and he's not going to make me feel defensive. Or if I feel defensive, is that an old pattern? Well, at any point, you can slip out of the pattern. If you all of a sudden feel defensive, you just go, wait a minute. Why did, why did I, you know, why did I react to what he said that way? He asked me a question about what I do for work. All of a sudden, I got defensive. Wait a minute. A lot of us are responding to that kind of interview question. And when he's just doing the best he can, right? So you slip back just enough, just a tiny bit. And I swear to you, the quality of the men that you attract will shift. And sometimes the shift is bigger than the, than the little change you made. So you don't have to heal. We are all healings in process. We're all works in progress, right? Just a tiny bit, baby step. That's why we work baby steps. So if you catch yourself the next time you feel angry and disappointed and find yourself leaning forward and closing down and shutting up and you just notice it and you lean back and let it all go down inside you, that's huge. That's going to shift what's out there. So there's your answer. Another question. You notice it. And if you keep on, I'm sorry, I'm talking over. <laughs> if you keep online dating and circular dating and you keep making little tiny baby step shifts. And if you could just make the same shift three or four, five, six, seven times in a row, bingo, you got that. So then the next one's going to happen. You're going to build on it, little baby steps, and you may go backwards, but you're going to pick up something. You're going to get more and more aware. Remember, if you have my book, it's about what I don't know becoming what I do know about myself that's going to make all the difference for you. Tiny bits and pieces, right? Awareness. So all of this is going to shift and you have to keep a whole bunch of men in front of you. You have to go places and talk with men. You have to date men three, four times a week, not to find Mr. Right, but to practice with them and to see if the quality has shifted. The more you pull back into yourself and the more you understand what's going on with yourself, the moment you stop the judgment and the shutting down, the moment you open up and relax in front of everyone and everything, it's going to shift out there. And I want you to start writing that down and taking note. There's the answer. By the way, yeah, what you see is this is my actual shirt, the black shirt that looks like a bra falling down, but it's not. And I'm wearing my girl shirt over it. So if you want some, I'm calling them trinket tools. I got a bracelet. I got a necklace. I keep wearing them. I got a coffee, a cup that's, they all say girl. And the website is RoryRaySirenGirl.com. And all it is, is basically one page with all of these trinket tools. And all of the profits go to charity, Best Friends Animal Sanctuary. And they're meant for you to work with the touch objects tool. So the idea is, I look, I'm not supposed to wear this necessarily in public. No, I want to wear it. It's very thin and I want to wear it with nothing underneath. Sleep in it, but I want to wear it around the house. I just throw it over my tank tops and I can see looking down. It says girl. The concept is if I'm leaning forward, if I'm worrying, if I'm in an anxious state, if I don't feel like me, if I'm thinking about what's happening next, if I'm stressed about my have to's, 
And there's a whole sequence of videos on my have-tos. Uh, maybe I'll start putting them on here. Then I just look at the girl and I put my hand right there. If I'm wearing the bracelet, I actually grab the bracelet or the heart or the necklace or the cup, which has it right in front of me. Put my hand right there on my heart. That's why it's there, that word right there. Heart, boobs. Okay. All the same thing. And the idea is it immediately gives you an effect. You immediately start to sink into girl. It's like a feminine energy tool. It's magical because you have invested the word girl with that magic. If you have any of, if you don't want to, you know, purchase any of these, it's fine. Get yourself, I mean, just use some bracelet you have or some necklace and just grab onto it and use the touch object tool and it will, it will bring you back into yourself. The word girl is meant to be magical. Now, that's what we're working on. Siren is what that looks like, but girl is feminine energy. So we want to get into feminine energy. Okay. Any cool. other questions? There was one, the feeling of regret where your mind, where is still in the past. And I like to talk about it as like the man, be, let him be a muse, let the mistake perceived or otherwise be the muse for you. I like to think of it that way. I like to see it that way. Dealing with that part of you that goes, well, if I had done this differently, maybe, maybe things would be different. That's a common one. This is the PTSD thing. Okay. And it, doesn't have to be about love. It can be about anything. And we got to bring Jacqueline, Jacqueline Rosette on here to talk about, she wrote a whole article called The Man That Was. And she's really great at letting go of or the um, radical forgiveness, the radical acceptance, radical accepting, but basically the, the moving on. She's a, an instinctive mover honor. And she doesn't seem to, I'm using her as an example here, but she's going to be able to be helpful. She's, the idea is when you start to build up a bank, I call like a lead box in your body. It's a box where no air or light gets in or out. And you're putting all the mistakes you've ever made in there. And you're trying to keep it all shut because letting it out makes you feel terrible. I screwed up. There's a horrible things. Guilt. I'm urged, urged to tell you my story of this last week, which has nothing to do with love. So up to both. Um, the idea is I did something wrong. If I could have done this better, it would change. I had a first husband before my husband now. And, you know, I, I've thought gazillions of times, if only I knew then what I know now. I mean, isn't that like, one of the most popular phrases known to man. If only I'd known then, but I don't know. If only I'd known how to get into my feminine energy. If only I'd known how to speak to him directly instead of beating around the bush. And if only I'd known about letting myself be vulnerable and, and seen by him instead of closing it all up and never even telling him what was wrong. Would that have changed everything? Would I have had that first husband who might have actually been my soulmate and my true connection rather than the husband I have now who's wonderful. But, you know, it's always the questions. That first love you ever had, gee, 
if if I had been different, if I had reacted different, I'd known then what I know now, would I have been able to open that up and keep him? Was he the one I was meant to be? Okay, that's all bullshit. <laughs> I call bullshit on all of it. You're going to have to shift your philosophy of life and your view. This is all in RC. Your RC2 coaches can totally help you with that. It's called radical accepting, essentially. But you have to decide what your philosophy of life is. If you are faith-based, you believe in God, let's talk about that. Yeah, you can't believe in God and and still believe that if only. Those don't work. I want to hear, if you believe in God, I want to hear that everything that has happened up to now was what was supposed to happen. If you're going to say, I believe in God, but we all have free will and we all make mistakes, I'm going to go, oh yeah? Tell me about that. Your, your God is different than, than you think it is. In other words, what is it? what kind of God do you believe in? I believe in, in physics that we don't know. I believe in the magic of life on this planet when there's no life anywhere else probably that we can know of. Uh, it's like, how? How did this happen? Whatever you believe, let's use that. Whatever you learned as a child, that's good enough. You know, I developed a sense from... Um, you know, being a 60s child and and starting in on, you know, energy healing uh, when I was in my 30s and 40s and, and becoming a rebirther and the spiritual life. That's where I was kind of at and doing all those things. And then uh, probably in the last 10, 15 years, I found Course in Miracles. And I want to tell you, everybody who's into all those things Processes it very differently, very differently. And I want to tell you, it can just disappear in a moment when your patterns get a hold of you. So find your philosophy, really discuss it with yourself. What is it I actually believe is going on in life? What is it I really believe that this life is? Do I believe in anything bigger than myself, which I would call God? Do I, uh, or nature, redwood trees? There's, there's always something bigger than we are. Can I put some faith and love on that and stop beating myself up at any given moment? So I want you to really look at that. Do you believe that man back there, if you had done that differently, was actually your right, your right path rather than the one you're on now? I don't. I'll tell you, it comes in though. PTSD makes it come in. Oh, I relive the my experience of uh, being attacked by a man in my home over 40 years ago uh, that has defined, could have defined me, but I didn't let, let it define me. But it enters in, and I go over the moment sometimes, and there have been many times when if only, if only, if only, but I did okay. You know, I survived. My, my dog, Zeke, who you, you know, you know and love. There he is with his collar on. We were attacked by a pit bull in one of our idyllic walks in my neighborhood. You know, idyllic walk. And I did have a, a spray on me, pepper spray. But I want to tell you, the live and he got injured. The dog did not bite me. I tried things. And I, I remember how, how I almost slipped out of consciousness twice. And I didn't. I came back and I came up with an idea. And in the end, he survived. And, you know, and I'm basically recovering from the emotional fallout of how that brought up old PSD. And if only I had, if only I'd lived, gotten him all the way up to the car hood that I was trying to get him on. If only I'd been a little stronger. If only I'd been a little faster. If only I had sprayed the, the spray first, all those things. And then I go, well, what if I pulled out my spray when he was running at me and I sprayed it and I missed? 
then I go, if only, right? There's no way to tell what you could have done differently that might have worked out better. There's no way. And I know having auto accidents, the guilt lasts your whole life. So if you're thinking about a man that you might have chased away, that's small compared to life and death that we all face. And I believe in a lot of ways because of the life and death we all face. If you're a mom, you know what that feels like. If you have animals, you know what that feels like. Every time they get sick or sneeze, you you go into panic mode in some part of your body, and then you either stuff it down or you work through it. All that is sort of you know stuff we can work on. That's the anxiety response to uh, guilt, pressure, have to have to save lives. Have to, all of that is very powerful because you're here because you're sensitive, right? So you you think well, part of you thinks a part of every one of us thinks if I had just done that, I'd have a better relationship with my parents. I'd have a better relationship with my friend. I I'd have a still have that. I would. That, it's not true. I'm going to cry now. It's not. There's no way to know in the string theory of the universe. It's not possible to know what is on God's mind. It's not possible to know what your subconscious was doing at that moment to try and save you. You have no way of knowing with the passage of time what might have happened if you did that one thing you're focusing on instead of the other thing with him. What else might have happened? The butterfly effect, the time travel effect. There's no way to know. In other words, you could say, if I'd only done that, but we have, but then you don't know what else might have changed. And you have no idea what the serving quality for your soul and your purpose on this planet actually might have been. And some level you have to trust existence. You either have to trust God if you believe in God, this is what's supposed to be unfolding. Or you have to trust that the effect of life, one moment after another, after another, and the choices you make in the moment are all as should be, as all as are correct. And that you can speed up your journey and you can speed up everything by doing these tools. So the idea is not to rewrite your history, but the idea is actually to speed up the path now so that you don't have to go through all the little bad things that hurt. You know, you don't have to go through all the hurtful things. And I'll just end with this one thing. I know that this is the weirdest thing. When things start to go well, (laughs) when things start to go right, I was taught to think the other shoe's going to drop. Oh my God. My mother taught me to be a worrier because worrier was the only way that God wouldn't hurt me if I worried. That was her belief. What's yours? You know, that God wants me to constantly worry so that he'll just go, oh, you'll be okay. Okay, so that is an unconscious belief, you know, but it still comes up. I'll never get rid of it. I have to go, oh, yeah, okay. Things are going well. What is going to happen? What horrible thing is going to happen? I have to keep it from happening. That means I have to do super well. I have to be vigilant. No, you have to shift that belief one way or another. You have to believe that either a higher power, God, universe, that, or just the flow of life, that if you try to control everything that happens and try to super protect, I am a Girl Scout, I needed, I need, I, I ordered a zap cane, I'm going to, and I got somebody to teach me how to think on my feet so that anything that I missed on this experience with Zeke, that my mind wasn't working fast enough or I wasn't moving fast enough, that I can move more quickly. 
And uh, I remember that not only did I move more quickly when I was attacked, I saved my life. But I lived with guilt and and all the stuff that that comes up anyway for years, because that's what happens. So you just have to keep going back. And if you're in life review, that comes all the time. Life review, just call ah, life review. Ah, him. I remember him. And see if you can sink into the good parts, which is you are in a new possibility now. Put him on your horse, back of your horse, go, hi, help me. Put five guys on the back of your horse, big horse. Okay. And they're they're all going, uh, ignore that guy, look at that guy. Yeah, you know, and they're everybody is love for you. As soon as you turn everybody, everything, every situation into love for you, love for the planet, love for life itself, that you are alive at this moment, you are always growing and learning. And the next guy is what you want, not the last guy. Because I'm here to tell you, when the last guy is actually, or the guy from child is actually the Mr. Right, the timing was not right. And, you know, he comes back. And it's not under your control. How many times have you had surprise happenings? Somebody calls, somebody shows up. You know, usually it's because they're needy. They got the black book out. But sometimes it's just an opportunity shows up out of nowhere. How'd that happen? Well, you have to stop thinking, I made that happen because I did this, 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 this. this. It happened because it happened because I somehow set it up that way or it's supposed to happen that way. So we can talk more and more and more about that if if you really like philosophy discussion. But if only that is your masculine brain trying to shift the future, trying to shift the past as though you can sidestep every miserable moment that's happened. And I'm just here to tell you, that's not how the life works for me. So I want to know how life works for you, what's important for you, and to get back to if marriage is important to you. I want you to write down why. Because it's easier in your community, because maybe more people will help you to get married. Do you want to be married? And who doesn't want to be married if you want to be in a relationship? Hey, it feels great. It's like a contract. It's like, and when you get married, you hope that the guy is a guy who wants to be married. But I'm here to tell you, marriage is just a contract that might make it easier for you to navigate your your society and your culture. However, you got to know what kind of man you want to marry. And he's got to be a partner. Once you get partnership happening where he's willing to do anything for you because he likes having a wife and he likes having you for a wife and he'll do anything. He'll, He'll He's totally teachable. But you don't go behind his back. You just start saying. And you stop, you stop making decisions and opinions about who he is. All of that changes. That's what you want. That's how you get what you want. So go back over all the other stuff. Just let all the plans go. Circular date. Let your, your inner energy and your feminine energy make these decisions for you. What happens next, the past is helpful. If you actually were to go through it, you would find the moments where you were being helped to survive and to learn. So I'm hoping this was like a real positively inspiring idea that everything in front of you is possible, you know, fueled by what you've learned from your past, the parts you couldn't control, the choices you did make, and how that all worked to help you get what you want right in front of you quickly.